0: All right, welcome to today's edition of Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising is the president and CEO, joins us here every Wednesday morning. And since the last time we convened, you might say a few things have happened. Not only did we have Governor J.B. Pritzker's budget address, we'll talk about that coming up, but we also had the most powerful man in the history of Illinois politics, basically bail out of everything, left the legislature, left his role as state Democratic Party chairman, and now there's even a new wrinkle with his successor in the General Assembly. It's been quite a week, David.
1: My goodness, uh, we can't spend that much time between these uh, these calls. So, so much <laughs> seems to happen. Uh, yeah, the the Mike Madigan stepping down as uh, chair of the state Democratic Party is, is this what really sticks in our minds because uh, after his resignation from the uh, House seat he had held for half a century, uh, there was a lot of question about whether he would try to hang on to that state party power. And uh, it looked obviously the decision there is no. Uh, and this leaves us in a little bit of a state of turmoil with regard to who will be his successor to lead the state Democratic Party.
0: You know, uh, that that's one big issue. The, the other thing about this is just the, the abrupt timing of all of this. Uh, of course, last week, Thursday morning, uh, former Speaker Madigan indicated he would resign his seat at the end of the month. But later that day, when the resignation letter came in, it said it's effective immediately. Boom, just that quickly he's gone. They immediately schedule a meeting for the weekend to pick a successor for that legislative seat. Uh, That successor was chosen on Sunday. It's now Wednesday, and now Mike Madigan is calling for the successor, who he directly played a role in picking, to step aside because of some undisclosed issues or concerns or something in his past. You know, for uh, all the talk over the years about Mike Madigan and this iron-fisted control and nothing goes on without Madigan being aware of it, uh, it's, it's amazing how sloppily this whole thing's been handled.
1: Well, it's something that he's had very little experience with, stepping down from positions. Over the years, he's mainly just accumulated power and grown in power. Uh, clearly, Mike Madigan is at a point in his life and his career where he's in, in a moment of transition, and he probably has things to worry about, such as uh, the federal corruption investigation that is encircling him. Uh, and uh, it does appear that the detail... Uh, oriented approach to everything he did as speaker is kind of has uh, left him behind now. And this was a a big embarrassment with this. uh, Edward Guerra Kodat, the 26-year-old you mentioned, who is a constituent services representative in Alderman Marty Quinn's office. And for unexplained reasons uh, uh, about questionable conduct, uh, he, he, Madigan, both Madigan and Quinn are calling on him to step down.
0: Uh, a seat that Mike Madigan held for 50 years uh, and CODAP may hold it for 50 hours total by the time it's all done Uh, and and you do have to wonder David again uh, the the weird change in timing from Madigan saying he would step down uh, about 10 days later to then saying on that same day he was stepping down immediately now just a few days later we learn that John Lausch the U.S. attorney in the Northern District of Illinois is going to stay in that position for a while until a successor is nominated and confirmed, which could take months. Uh, and there's uh, no immediate indication there's any connection between the two. Uh, but anybody who has watched Illinois politics for a long time when you see people abruptly uh, change their trajectory, uh, it is often because somebody else is is nipping at their heels. So you do have to wonder if things are starting to heat up a little bit in that investigation.
1: Well, absolutely. Um, Lausch actually had held a uh, Zoom meeting of his staff saying that Friday would be his last day. Um, and along with other U.S. attorneys across the country, we knew that Tammy Duckworth and Dick Durbin, the two Illinois senators, had called on President Biden to allow Lausch to remain until his replacement is not just nominated but confirmed by the Senate And this, you know, did appear all along to be an effort to keep Lausch in place while this investigation continues, possibly to conclude the Mike Madigan portion thereof. Uh, And and so it's quite interesting. There had been some discussion uh, that if Madigan uh, stepped down from all of his public posts, including the state Democratic Party chairmanship, that the investigation might just wrap up accomplishing uh, the feat of getting him out of power Uh, But the fact that Lausch's term is being extended uh, seems to indicate otherwise. It does seem to indicate, perhaps, that the government may intend to bring charges. We, of course, don't know. Nothing has leaked out of this investigation. Uh, Lausch has been very disciplined, and his office has been. And so we just all have to wait and see. But certainly we are seeing a lot of momentum build in the news surrounding Mike Madigan.
0: Uh, as you noted, too, there is drama unfolding as it pertains to the uh, Democratic Party chairmanship. I don't know that we have time to get into all of that today, but it's going to be something to watch. As uh, U.S. Senator Dick Durbin appears to be on one side of this, uh, Governor J.B. Pritzker, Senator Tammy Duckworth on the other side of it. An unusual split between Durbin and Duckworth. There's going to be a fascinating dynamic to watch there, but we'll we'll keep an eye on how that plays out. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greif- President and CEO is with us here. David, the other uh, big thing uh, w- a week ago we feared we'd be spending most of our time talking about was the governor's budget speech uh, last Wednesday. Unusual, pre-recorded, conducted not in front of a joint session of the General Assembly, but from uh, a building on the Illinois State Fairgrounds where a mass vaccination uh, site was being set up by the Illinois National Guard. Uh, but the governor did use the speech uh, to lay out uh, his Uh, budget priorities for the year, and also to take a few shots at Republicans. What was your thought on on what the governor had to say? Well,
1: obviously he's still uh, irritated, more than irritated, angry over the loss of his Uh, progressive tax amendment, what he called the fair tax amendment, uh, that sought to shift a lot of the state's tax burden to the top 3 percent of uh, income earners in the state. He, at the time of that loss, at the election last November, had said that he was going to perhaps look at 15 percent budget cuts uh, in departments across the state. He was going to be looking uh, for um, uh, reduced, uh, uh, you know, furloughs, layoffs, et cetera, et cetera. We've had ver- heard very little of that since. He also had threatened a tax increase, an income tax increase across the board in in this this flat tax environment. That also did not emerge in the budget. And this budget is uh, sort of a patchwork uh, effort with no signature, no signature aspect whatsoever. Uh, I wrote a column. Uh, uh, for the Chicago Tribune last week, calling it sort of a never mind budget, Uh, never mind all those threats I made, never mind the fact that we are facing significant structural problems as regards pensions and the unpaid bills the state uh, has. It's really um, sort of a caretaker budget for a governor who is halfway through his term and uh, who is thought to have uh, big aspirations, but uh, his big thinking ways seem to have abandoned him on this particular budget.
0: Yeah, no, uh, no question uh, about it, and uh, obviously doing the sorts of big things you're talking about would require a drastic shift in how we approach governance here in the state of Illinois. There are certainly others who would like to bring about such a drastic shift as we are now seeing uh, uh, contenders coming from all directions seeking to challenge J.B. Pritzker for his expected reelection bid next year. Uh, former state senator Paul Schimpf, current state senator Darren Bailey, both with their hats in the ring, and a, a, a very wealthy businessman Gary rabin who may be following shortly, uh, and that's going to be a, something else we're going to be keeping a close eye on in the uh, the days and weeks ahead. We're back with full disclosure every Wednesday morning. David Rising, president and CEO of the Better Government Association, sits down with us to talk about state government, what's happening, what's going on, how it's impacting you. Uh, David, I'm hard pressed to recall the last. Time time that a signed piece of legislation has created the kind of firestorm we've been witnessing this week after Governor J.B. Pritzker signed that uh, criminal justice-slash-policing reform bill that was pushed by the Legislative Black Caucus last uh, session of the General Assembly, passed in the early morning hours of the final day of the session. Law enforcement organizations are livid about this. The governor's continuing uh, a tour around the state today to to talk about why he thinks it's a, a good thing uh, break it down for us.
1: Well, you're right, Jim. It, it's unusual to see a bill remain this controversial, even as a governor signs it. Uh, uh, not just partisan bickering or, or complaining about it, but uh, concerns, uh, you know, fr- coming from different uh, parts of the state. Uh, downstate mayors, for example, saying that a provision that requires uh, body cams uh, for every every state, every peace officer in the state, uh, will bust their budgets. I'm not sure that they've really proved that case. Uh, The biggest uh, issue that has drawn a lot of attention has to do with the elimination of cash bail. Uh, That is something that uh, law enforcement is very, very concerned about. Uh, The thing is, elimination of cash bail, while it has not been successful, in New York, and and it was been delayed in California. It has been successful in New Jersey. There are ways to do this appropriately. Uh, the thing is, New Jersey gave itself not only a lot of time to implement uh, the elimination of cash bail, but also funded uh, alternative programs to keep track of uh, people who are charged with crimes, et cetera. It'll be interesting to see if Illinois has the ability to fund uh, that. Uh, part of the work Uh, by the time this is fully implemented two years from now in 2023. Uh, This does remain a lightning rod of a piece of legislation. There's been talk about one of these trailer bills to sort of clean up some parts of it. We'll see if that happens. Uh, But most of the people who back the people who back this bill and many others see this as an important step forward in terms of equity in criminal justice.
0: You know, uh, a lot of the complaints have been about the process of this and the fact that it was passed in the very early morning hours on the last day of the legislative session. Supporters of it say, but the provisions were uh, negotiated for months, uh, that people did know what was in the bill when it was finally uh, passed. Uh, And, and, you know, there was a fair amount of misinformation spreading about this uh, bill in in the days immediately after it was passed. So uh, part of what the governor seems to be doing right now is to try to uh, debunk some of the uh, myths and rumors surrounding it. Uh, But there is no doubt it will continue to be controversial. And as you noted, we got a couple of years until that cash bail uh, requirement is eliminated. Uh, But once that happens, I guarantee this firestorm erupts again the first time somebody is released without having to to post any cash and then reoffends. We'll we'll see uh, that controversy exploding all over again. It's worth noting that will be, though, after the 2022 election. So uh, it may not be uh, that much of a factor uh, in that. And that 2022 campaign season is underway. As we mentioned a few moments ago, we've had uh, several contenders throwing their hat in the ring in recent days. Uh, But David, the big question is, will anybody have the ability uh, to take on J.B. Pritzker in a blue state when Pritzker is going to have pretty much unlimited money at his disposal?
1: No kidding. I mean, we saw what he spent just to get his uh, so-called fair tax bill passed, uh, around $60 million by the time it was all over, and Governor Pritzker, in addition to spending on his effort to be re reelected, also will be spending, we expect, prolifically across the state to build to continue the legislative supermajority. Uh, you know, he, he has a track record to run on, even though he fell short with regard to his uh, the progressive tax proposal. Um, and uh, no Democrat will challenge him. Uh, but um, And on the Republican side, you you listed the names a little bit earlier, Jim. Uh, it's unclear whether any of the people whose names have emerged so far have the stature to take him on or would even be able to gather the, the political, the financial resources to do so. Really, when you think about it across the state, uh, who can stand toe-to-toe with J.B. Pritzker um, uh, not just monetarily, but in terms of political stature. And it's just not really shaping up like a very competitive race just yet. But there's plenty of time yet for uh, new people to throw their hats into the ring.
0: No doubt about it. Make sure you check out the Better Government Association website. A lot of great information there every week. David, how do people reach you in the BGA the rest of the week?
1: Right. I'm at dgrising at bettergov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at bettergov.org. And our website is bettergov.org.
0: And we're here each week, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thanks much. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye.